0: How many of you have ever been with someone and it feels like they're not really there, but they're there? Anybody ever had that happen? Present, but not present. I know my wife finds out, or I find out when this happens, because I find myself on the way to the grocery store to pick something up, and I have no idea why I'm going. <laughs> I just knew I was supposed to go. And I go there, and I, she's like, what took you so long? I like go through every aisle until I remember, oh, that's what it was. That's what it was, because sometimes... Sometimes I'm there, but I'm not really there. I'm thinking about something else or I'm reading a newspaper. I know none of the guys in the room have ever had that happen to them before. But if you did, say amen. Yes, there should have been some louder ones. I saw you back there. Come on. Sometimes it's like we have, uh, when it happens for us like this present but not present, we have one person in our family who's not interested in sports. We are all present watching the football game, but there's one in our family who's present, but she's not watching a football game. She's there, but she's not there. She wants to talk about something else other than that. Did you listen to this song, dad? Hey, what about that? I think we're going to go over there. Watch it? The game is on. Be present right here. That's what we're here. Shoulder to shoulder. We are having a good time. Yeah. Dad. Yeah, but but, but, but uh, you're Right, dad? <clears throat> present, but not present. Sometimes people are here, even here this morning, but not really here. Sometimes we hear, but we don't hear. Sometimes we see, but we don't see. I've been with my wife shopping, and most of the time I'm there, but not there. Except when it comes time to pay. My wife makes sure I'm there. The rest of the time, I'm sitting on a little chair of shame outside some dressing place, sitting down with my phone, reading something about a newspaper or something like that. I'm there. My wife says uh, shopping with me is like going hunting with a game warden. Like, it's just not that easy. Present, but not present. And today, as we launch a new series, God With Us, Each week we'll be looking at a verse that's common to Christmas in the book of Matthew. And this verse quotes Isaiah who prophesied about Jesus around 700 years before when he said this. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is, let's everybody say those last two words, God is with us. One more time, God is with us not with us like me shopping with my wife but that word with means to be like someone who is like a companion somebody who who is walking alongside of you someone who is a friend who's sticking close beside you and for if you're a follower of Jesus it's easy to believe that God is with you when you're on a mountaintop when things are going well it's easier everything's going great the baby slept through the night god is on the throne you get a raise God's with me. Your spouse remembers your anniversary. You think <laughs> they're just happy they remembered it. That's the, the real story there. Your pass, you pass your university exams with flying color. God is good and he's amazing. He's with me. Your parents are proud of your achievement. You have lots of friends. And it's easy in those moments to say God's with me. He's for me. He's with me. I know it. I feel it. But it's more difficult to know that God is with us when we're in a valley, so to speak. Maybe when you're alone and you feel lonely or maybe when your anxiety level causes it so that you don't go to sleep or that it's always something running in your mind. Maybe when you have a health issue that got a difficult prognosis and you're wondering, ah, I'm not sure I'm going to make it through this. When you have a loved one that has walked out on you, or maybe it's been a year where you lost a loved one, someone that came close that was close to you. Maybe it's been a couple of years, but every Christmas it's a valley time as you remember more about the loss than about what you had. Facing Christmas with family drama. Yeah. Careful now, your wife's beside you, bro. <laughs> You know, what? we all know that, right? There's Sometimes it's not easy to be in the middle of, a, of the drama. Sometimes, though, you have a mountain coupled with a valley. Many things in your life can be like mountaintop. Everything's good, but there's one area that's like a valley in your life. You can say, I feel close to God right now, but I'm worried about losing my job. My marriage is really good, but over here I'm worried about some financial things. Or maybe you're... Thinking on Christmas and things of the blessings of Christmas are fantastic. Your kids are around. Your finances are good. But you received a prognosis that is troubling you for your health. You have a mountain, but it's t- coupled with an area of valley in your life. Sometimes we're in valleys because of our own actions. Sometimes we're there because of the actions of others. Sometimes we don't know how we got there. We just know we're there. In a valley. I think a fair question that most of us ask at times like that is, "Where is God in my valley? Where is God in my?" Yes, things are good in some areas, Craig, but coupled with it is that valley season or valley place. But in the Bible, valleys were places representing things like places of battle. Some of you are in battles, in valleys. Valleys represented places of loneliness. Some of you might be in that place today. They represented often places of desperation. But it's interesting that valleys were also places, very often, seasons and times of growth. David and Goliath is in a valley David, the famous story of David, five stones, and he's down in a valley picking some things up. And it was in that place where he grew. He went from being a shepherd boy to being a soldier and was on his way to being a king in the valley. Places, valley, are places where we also build faith because it was in the valley that David overcame Goliath. Valleys are places where we experience God in a different way than we do on the mountain. Not better, not worse, different. We may enjoy God on the mountaintop, but we really get to know him in the valley. We may enjoy him on the mountaintop, but we get to know him in a totally different way in the valley. You may know me up here, but if I were to go down and sit beside can I move your purse for a moment? And sit beside you, we would begin to know a few things about each other in a little bit. Like, for example, you really like the Olympics, don't you? Oh, absolutely, is there something about the Olympics that we don't know about you or about? Do you want to tell us? I was in the Olympics in 65. Uh, there you go. I was in the Olympics back in the 60s. So when I'm sitting beside, when we're with, not, uh, not just on the mountain, but when we're in the valley, we get to discover things about people. Is there, is there anything you've ever wondered about me? Like, besides the obvious ones, like, what's wrong with him? Oh, there's many things I've wondered. Oh, That's good. So we, yeah, praise the Lord. Get well, the getting's good. We enjoy God on the mountain, but we get to know Him in the valley. We enjoy God in the mountain, but we get to know Him in the valley. We're going to look at valleys and mountains today in in a passage that you may or may not be aware of, Psalm 84. If you want to turn there, it's going to be on the screen, verses 5 to 7, and hopefully help you to see your valley in a new light, hopefully help you to see your mountain in a new light, hopefully help you to see God in a new light in your valley. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. We may enjoy God in the mountains, but we get to know him in the valleys. Now, the Valley of Baca is related to a similar word to a certain kind of tree in the Middle East. And this tree would uh, ooze sap a lot and so much that it was called a weeping tree. So the valley was called the Valley of Baca or the Valley of Weeping. Now, trees uh, ooze sap. Side note, a couple years ago at youth camp, uh, there was a kid who came. They were playing a game in the forest. You know you're a city kid when this happens. He came running out of the forest. Ah! Ah! The first day, he's like, what's wrong? My hands, I think I'm melting or I don't know what's going on. like, something on my hand. I have. The, I'm going to die. He had pitch on his hand. He had... He had stuff from a tree on his hand. He had never had that experience before. He thought he was going to die. Like, first aid needed to be given. Like, I need to write home to my mom. I'm not coming. I'm going to Jesus. Like, you know, it's not that kind of a thing, buddy. Like, uh, you need to get out a little bit more. Like, put your Xbox down. But anyway, anyway, with this valley of Baca, if you walk by the tree, the peop- people said the tree was a weeper. It looked like the tree was crying, and so it became the Valley of Tears, the Valley of Weeping, the Valley of Loss. And the Valley of, of Baca was in a desert area, and in the desert, in that uh, space, was a difficult space. It's a, the desert is full of thorns that can that can snag you and hurt you. The desert is full of wild animals that could, could jump you and... Uh, hurt you in that way, the desert is also a place where robbers would take advantage of people between cities. You might have heard of the story of the Good Samaritan who helped somebody who had been hurt by robbers, very similar to this kind of a a moment right here. And so there's all these difficulty, nearly impossible to travel through the Valley of Baca without facing trouble or hardship. And so that's the context, the reason why David writes, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Whose strength is in you in the valley of Baca. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say blessed are those who've got it all together. Blessed are those whose strength is in how smart they are. Blessed are those who are super determined. Blessed are those who always have everything figured out and know what to do in the right moment. You see, when when you're a Christ follower, there's this thing that happens. My strength is in you. So when my strength is gone, if you're a Christ follower, there's still some more strength that you can access. When, my, when I am weak... The Bible says that when I am weak, his strength is actually perfect in me. So when I don't have anything left, there's still more when I'm a follower of Jesus. When I'm going through a valley, I'm going through not just in my own ability, not just in my own strength, but I'm able to go a little further because my strength is not in just what I have. It's me and Jesus, and together I can get through. My strength is in you. But when we don't know God personally, when, when you don't have a relationship with God, what you have is all you have. So when your strength is gone, your strength is gone. When you don't have anything left, you don't have anything left. But the wonderful thing is when you, when you make Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life, you access a new strength source. You access a new resource that's not there by you. And that's what being a follower of Jesus means. It's like, I need somebody who's greater than me to take me into places that I could never go by myself. But to see the reality is in our culture, we put such a high value on independence. I got there by my own bootstraps. I pulled myself up. I don't like to ask for help. Nobody's going to help me. I can do it by myself. But that's not actually how you get through life. You can survive like that, but you will not go forward like that. You will stay probably in a valley a lot longer and maybe never come out of it if you live like that. See, some people go through the valley, by themselves. But you're stronger than you think with Jesus. There was a number of years ago, 2013, I did it uh, with some other people here, uh, Tough Mudder, which is, I think, 17 kilometers or 20 kilometers, uh, along with a whole bunch of obstacle courses and uh, from icy cold water to electricity to jumping off things to going through culverts, all these crazy things. And so we are preparing and our our coach at the time, uh, John and Roxana Kreklo, both work out a lot. The rest of us hadn't worked out since we were nine, um, and so we were trying to get in shape because it's important to get in shape so you don't die. It's a tough mutter. Like, so we were getting ready and doing our exercise, and and one thing, you would do a lap, and you're like, I'm going to die. You went around 440 meters, and John's like, come on. You've got more. Go again. I'm like, I got no more, bro. Like, no, go again. You got more quick. I got no more. Get going. You can do it. Uh, I go again. I come around, and I'm thinking, I've, I've, I I kept him happy. He's like, go again. <laughs> oh, no, my goodness. I can't do this, but I always could do a little more when someone said something to me. He said, there's more in you than you think you can, and so it's important that you have people in your that push you a little bit further. But even beyond that, even beyond John, there's somebody called Jesus. So when my strength is gone, His strength is being made perfect. When I can't lift another finger, Jesus helps me go a little further. When I don't think there's another way, He can show me that there's another way. When I go through, blessed are those whose strength is in you. And I love what the New, New Living Translation says in this same verse. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Jerusalem means the place of peace. So you're in the valley of Baca, the valley of loss, the valley of weeping, the valley Valley of just not good. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, whose strength is from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Jerusalem means the place of peace, Salem, Shalom. Arabic is Salaam, I think is how you say it, peace place of peace. And in that, it says, I've set my mind. Somebody say, I've set my mind. I've set my mind. One more time. I've set my mind. See, the Bible says that very, very often, how we think is so important. I've set my mind on things above, and Colossians 3 says, not on things on the earth. In other words, my perspective is not shaped by what I see or what's going on around me, but I begin to look, and Psalm 120, I think it is, or 121, says, I lift up my eyes to the Lord. Where does my help come from? Or to the mountains, where does my help come from? The Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I set my eyes on Jesus. In in Hebrews, it says that I set my eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, so that when I'm in the valley, I know that. I I can get out. When I know that I'm in the middle of it, I have my eyes set on something that's a little bit bigger than me and what the issue I'm going through. Because where you are is important, but what you think about where you are is more important. Where you are is important, but what you think about where you are is more important. I have a tendency towards the blues, not the blues music. Feeling the blues. Feeling the blues. Uh, I do. I do. And if I'm not careful, especially on Monday, I was saying this to someone yesterday, that uh, those are the days that you've, after presenting before a few hundred people, the next day you're like, did I do all right? Did it, was it good? I don't know if I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. I should have said that. I shouldn't have said this. And those are the days that you're like, ah, it's terrible. And if I let that run, if I let that go on in, in that area of my life, if I let my thoughts run, I will easily be asleep, awake at night or wake up, and my mind is racing with all the things I have to do, all the things I didn't do, all the things I should do, all that kind of stuff. That's just me. I'll give up sometimes. I did this one day this week about just so many things on my mind, and I started sending emails. Someone's like, why did you send it at that time, 2.45 <laughs> in the morning? I was like, because I was up. Why weren't you up? I was praying and praying for you. <laughs> It has to do with what I'm thinking about, what I'm going through. Because where you are is important, but what you think about where you are is more important. It's moments like that that I have to remind myself that my thinking needs to be under control, that my thinking, have to, I have to set my mind. Be I. My circumstances may be in the valley, but I have to tell myself, I'm setting my mind on Jesus. You're, your heart may be anxious, but you begin to tell yourself, I've set my mind on Jesus. I may be going through with something that's difficult, but I've set my mind on Jesus. You may be in a moment where your emotions are running wild in you, but you've set your mind, and you have to tell yourself that. You might be looking at a bleak Christmas, but you make a decision to say, This is my situation, but how I think about it is so important. So I'm going to set my mind on something else. I'm going to set my mind on heaven. You know, sometimes it's not like... You might be in a place, is my glass half full? Is my glass half empty? You're like, I'm not even sure I have a glass anymore. Like, I don't know where it's at. But wherever it's at, whatever situation you're in, whatever thing you're under, you have to have the perspective that I will set my mind on things that are above. I will set my mind, as Philippians 4 says, on whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, those kind of things. That's what I'm going to set my perspective on. Someone, uh, Jana talked about it this morning. Morning. God is good even before my breakthrough. God is good on the mountain. God is good in the valley. God is good when I'm walking through. God is good when I don't know the way forward. That's the perspective. And I'm going to set my mind on that. That what God has done for me before, he can do for me again. What he's done for my friend over there, he can do for me. That's the Jesus. I'm setting my mind. I'm setting my perspective. I'm leading my thoughts. <laughs> Be careful what your thoughts Be careful what thoughts you allow to run because those are the things that run your life. Be careful what thoughts you allow to run in your mind because those are the things that run your life. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. What a man thinks in his heart or in his mind, so is he. So, Jesus, with your help, I need to set my mind on things above. I need to set my mind. And then as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They make it a place of springs. We may be in the valley of weeping, of loss, of pain. I am in the valley, but I am not made for the valley. Look what it says. We are passing through. Someone say passing through. I'm passing through. Don't set up house in the valley. And sometimes the valley season goes longer than we wish. Sometimes it goes, it does. It does. Sometimes we're wondering when it's going to end. But don't set up your perspective to say, this is my new reality. I'm passing through. I'm going to the place of peace. I'm going to the place of shalom. I'm going to the place of salam. But to get there, I had to travel through the valley of tears. The valley is the pathway to the place of peace. I may be in a valley, but I am passing through. The same God that was on the mountain is with me in the valley. Psalm 23 says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why do I fear not? Because you are with me. Emmanuel, God with me. Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel in the valley, in the mountain. I may be hurting, but it won't last forever. I may be in a dark place, but Jesus is right beside me. I am passing through. I am passing through. And often we just want out. I want out of the situation. I just want the situation to change, and and I wish everything. But sometimes God will change your situation, and sometimes he's going to walk you through it. But the way is through, not out. I am going through because God is with me. He is Emmanuel. He is with me on the mountaintop. He is with me in the Valley of Tears. He's with me in the valley. And as they pass through, they make it a place of springs. The King James where it says they make it a place of springs says they make it a well. They make it a well. In the middle of the valley, in that desert valley, they make it a well. Buried in this passage of pain is a promise. When you are in the dry place, sometimes you just have to make a well. You dig in. You dig in. What do you mean, Craig? Dig a small hole. Dig a container to catch the rain. We're going to get there in a moment. The well and the water is a symbol of God's presence. Jesus said he's like a river of, uh, he'll spring up like a river within you, a well. All through the scripture, well and water representing the presence of God. And sometimes in a dry place, you think that God's left you. Sometimes it might feel like that you're all alone in the middle of it, that you can't sense his presence, you can't know him. And it's in moments like that that you choose to dig a well, dig a well. So so often in the Bible, God says, do our part, and He, he does his part. Our part's obedience, his part's outcome. That's why we show me your faith, he says, and I'll show you my faithfulness. Stretch out your hand. Stand up and walk. All kinds of things he says do when nothing has happened seemingly, but just do what I ask you to do, and I will do what I can do. Take a step of faith. Last week you gave first and trusted God to take care of you, which is wonderful. But Jesus says, dig a well. If you draw near to me, he says, I will draw near to you. If you seek me, you will find me. If you make room for me, I will reveal myself to you. This verse in the the Passion Translation is this way. says, they dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others find only pain. They dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others find only pain. In the middle of your valley, dig a well. If you dig it, God will fill it. What do you mean, Craig? What do you mean? What do I mean? 2010 to 2012 was couple years where we were not in vocational ministry in any way, shape, or form. We had, uh, it was a difficult season. Uh, We didn't have our own home for a period of that time. We were living with family. We were thankful for some work, but we had lost all kinds of friends. And it was just this weird season, valley season, for a couple years. And uh, we were wondering if we'd ever do this again, if we'd ever do what we felt like God called us to do. And so many times when we had to, Learn to praise before our prayer was answered. We had to dig a well. We had to praise when our prayer seemed like it was hitting the ceiling because we needed to dig a well in the middle of our valley. We had to pray before we saw our promise that seemed gone because we had to dig a well in the middle of our valley. David is saying here, when your environment isn't giving you what you need, which often happens, dig a well and make room for the presence of of Jesus. In the valley, you don't need another seven-point anxiety-busting plan from Facebook. You need to dig a well. In the valley, you don't need another pep talk. You need to dig a well and get in the presence of Jesus. In the valley, you don't need more advice. You need to dig a well. All those are good, but I need to dig a well, there's, sometimes we look for everything else except digging a well and say, Jesus, I need the refreshing of your presence. I need your help to get through. I need the Emmanuel to be present in the middle of it. I need you in a way that I didn't realize that I needed you. But God rarely, rarely reveals himself when we're rushed. Moses was, if you've heard Moses in the burning bush before, Moses was a, an old prophet and he had run away from the call of God because he had made some mistakes and he was there in forty years of wandering in his own personal valley and and he saw a bush that was burning but not burning up. It was just burning. And it says an interesting phrase. It says, When Moses saw the bush, he get it right here. He said, I will turn aside to see this thing. He had been going like this through his valley. He saw something, and he turned aside. And the Bible says that when God saw him turn aside, God spoke to him. He had his agenda. He had his movement. He was going to fix his life. He was doing all these things. And in the middle of it all, he turned aside. And that's often how God works, how God speaks, how God heals, how God helps, how God does stuff in you that you can't do. How you dig a well is to slow down sometimes in the middle of Christmas, in the middle of this season, in the middle of your valley, turn aside, and they go well, God, I need you, I need your help I need your I need your assistance here some way. Moses heard nothing until he turned aside. God never says you don't go through the valleys, but he does say you won't go through them alone this year in many ways has been so good on so many other levels. I'm like I said at the beginning, in one area, mountaintop, many mountaintops, but also some areas that are incredible valleys that have been difficult for me personally. And at the beginning of the year, before I knew any of this, I made some. Uh, I really do every January, and we'll be doing it again during our time of prayer. I say, Lord, I really want to grow in my relationship with you. I really want to see this become more of what it's supposed to be. And so my, I want to be more consistent and deep in my prayer and in my uh, worship and in my Bible reading and all the things. I want to connect with you at a whole nother level. And I'm thankful to God that I did because even though I've been going through uh, some valleys in some areas, I've been able to dig a well in the middle of it and be refreshed in the middle of my valley of loss, my valley of weeping, my valley of whatever it might be. That's how Jesus works. When we dig a well, he, he says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. If you seek me, you'll find me. I'm not hiding. But I love what's. I'm going to close out here in a moment. Psalm 84 and 7 says, they will go from strength to strength each appears before God in Zion. It's a picture that uh, in the Passion Translation, it says they grow stronger and stronger with every step forward. Stronger and stronger with every step forward. You might have strength the size of your little finger right now, but as you begin to take a step, you dig a well and lean into the presence of Jesus a little bit more. Call it, say, God, I need your help. Set your mind on things. Dig a well. You take that step, and the next time it might be like two fingers worth. And as you take another step and you go from strength to strength, you get a little stronger, and, and you get a little stronger, and you get a little stronger. You go from strength to strength. That's the promise of what Jesus is. He's, he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's not God was. you're not, not God who was back there or God in heaven only. He's the God who's with us through the person and presence, his own person and presence. Because we may enjoy him on the mountain, but we get to know him in the valley. He reveals His character to us. He, can, We can sense His strength in a way that we couldn't otherwise. And some of us have the idea we've been with God on the mountain enjoying. It's great. But we haven't really been with Him. We haven't been really been with Him. But He is with you. So if it's dark for you, He is the light in your darkness. If you're in a storm, He is the peace in your storm. If you feel troubled, He is the joy in the midst of your trouble. If you feel weak, He is your strength when you're weak. If you're in pain, He is your comforter. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. God with us. It's His name. It's His character. It's who He is. It's what He does. It's just part of His nature. He's with us. And The God of the mountain top is still a good God in the valley. That's who God is. We pass through a valley, and even though we're in the valley, we don't fear because He is with us. He's Emmanuel. He's with us. And when you can't handle any more, you lean into Him and let His strength be everything that you need. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you are with me. You're Emmanuel. And when we look at that verse and we hear the... O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us. It's an absolutely revolutionary concept. In every other religion and every other faith system, it's about me going to Him and trying to make myself acceptable to a God. But the beauty of Christianity is that God became flesh and dwelt among us. He came to us. And He, he, he made a way for us. He, he made a way for us. The same God that's on the mountaintop is still God in the valley. If you're in the valley right now, you're just passing through. The valley is not your home. You're not going to the valley. You're going through the valley. Our God will lead you out. He's good. He's for you. He's with you. You're going through. You're not going to because God is with us. Let's pray. So, Father, today I pray for those who are in the valley that you would be everything that they need. Some of you might say, Craig, there are a lot of pockets in my life that are really good, but there's this one pocket where the valley is very difficult, it's difficult, I need His presence. Just in that moment right now, just raise your hand if that's you throughout the room. Yeah, many things are good in my life, but there's some pockets that I just need His presence. Just raise your hand. Just keep it up for a moment. I wanna, we're going to pray for you. Nobody's looking around. Just relax. Let's put it up high. So I pray all through the room. yeah, 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 yeah. So i pray father right now in the name of jesus lord i thank you that in places and pockets lord jesus where they're in valleys where we're walking through valleys we don't know lord i'm asking for miracles in a moment of it lord i'm asking lord jesus for release of your presence in places lord where it feels so dry and lord i'm asking for a release of your power and breakthrough moments lord jesus as people go through valleys through valleys lord jesus not to through in the strong name of jesus lord I thank you for those that will make a well today. We praise you, for God, for who you are, not just what you do. We're asking for miracles. We're asking for breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you are Emmanuel, God, with us. Some of you are also people that are on mountaintops. And I believe that even God will sometimes let everything go well in our life and at the e- so that at the end we can feel the emptiness of money, success, good house, all that kind of stuff, without Him. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're like, I've got everything together. I actually, I think out my life's pretty good, but I also recognize that there's an emptiness in my life. I feel empty. And others of you don't even know what a mountain is. Your life is low, and sometimes God will get us low so that we will lift our eyes and look to Him in a powerful way. God is with us. Who is God? He's a living God who came in the person of Jesus Christ Bible says that he died, buried and rose again to defeat death and hell and the grave so that he can make all things new in our life he can, he can bring us from death to life he can bring us through a valley and out of a valley because by the power of God your sins can be forgiven as we confess and say God I need you I need you to be the forgiver and leader of my life with every head bowed and every eye closed if I'm just going to ask give privacy to the people around you if you're at the top and you feel empty, he will meet you there. If you're in the bottom and you're hurting, he will meet you there. The only thing separating you from God is your own sin and to say, God, I need you. I need you to be the leader of my life. If that's you, you've never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life. I'm not going to make you come forward. Just throw your hand up and I want to pray with you. So just take a step. And on my left, your right, anyone? Just say, through the room. All right. So I invite you to stand to your feet invite you to stand to your feet and we're going to sing out with this it'll we'll praise you for my breakthrough because we may enjoy him on the mountains but we get to know him in the valley